Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, we are talking about marriage with somebody that has ADHD or ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Do you have somebody you love with all of your heart? You're married to them and they drive you crazy. Because they keep forgetting to do certain things. Like, I don't know, finish their sentences sometimes. Oh, well, that that would be, yeah. I'm they thinking, say I they'll thought, take the garbage out. They don't. I Well, that's that's why I have kids. Wow. You're a, you're hey, a tyrant. No, I have four daughters. Yeah. They, they take the garbage out. They cut the grass. Do they really? Yes. What do you do? <laughs> Nothing. I just sit there. <laughs> I sit there and demand stuff from my family. I am I am an avid watcher, so I am busy of football. Oh yeah. Baseball. Yeah. NASCAR. I bet you have so, a really do you have like a lazy boy, like a real big lazy boy? <laughs> no. You do, don't you? No. Do you have the one that like we have has a sectional wheels couch. and like no, no. you drive it to the fridge? <laughs> no, it has a fridge in it. No, it doesn't. It does. <laughs> I've heard it already. You have a sectional no, with a fridge. No, we have a sectional that has no, we don't have a fridge in it. Sorry. Yeah, well, it has a big like ice bucket. But my <laughs> wife's chair is right next to mine, so So the, we call that the throne. Yeah. You guys have a throne, mm-hmm. his and hers. Huh. Wow, that's got to be hard. Just you two sitting there Telling the kids yeah. to do work. <laughs> I hope the dishes are done. Go do the laundry. When I get up in an hour, those dishes better be done. <laughs> Sad but true. No, I do the I do the home repair stuff. Do actually, you? Yeah. You do not. Yeah, I do actually. Do you every day? Uh, some. You know, I don't, when I find time, I try to do home repairs, but my home repairs end up costing me more home yeah, repairs. And I usually have to research a yeah. lot of it too. I was so excited the other day. I. Uh, I, we have a basement door. But I, I, it's got spiders sneaking in. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they don't even little knock. weather little weather stripping. Uh, yeah, no, didn't work. I went. Really? I put brand new weather stripping all around the door. <sighs> Found out that my door is warped. Oh, and okay. apparently my house is sliding into a hole. Oh, great! In the northeast corner, mm. because my whole door is off. So you know you can weather strip house, it all you your want. Your house does settle. Oh, it's it age. I think we settled when we bought the house. <laughs> we really bought something underneath us. I would have really us. liked to have been there during that conversation. Yeah, your door's warped and, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, your house is sliding into a hole. <laughs> oh, so, uh, okay. yeah, we'll do the stripping. But uh, what do you want us to do about your house sliding into <laughs> yeah, oblivion? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I don't like to do home repairs because the minute you get started – there's something else that has to be so, done. And I'm the worst because I go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. Yeah, but then you don't get the one thing that yeah. you absolutely need. So you have to go oh, back and I did back it. and back. Yes. I bought these things for my garden. Yeah. I bought three of them because I thought I'd only need three. No. Well, I need five. Yeah. Of course. So now I'm probably not going to finish right. the job but you went, I'm not going to go back. But you went more. back and uh, you probably got the fourth one thinking, oh, I, yeah. I only need four. Yeah. But no, now I need five. Yeah. So you had to go back again. And then how many times have I gotten to like Home Depot and called my wife and said, what size filters do we need? <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's like, oh, I will look. Been there. 
Yeah. And by that time, the all the Home Depot employees know who you are. And like, oh, well, yeah. No, I know, I know Larry and Jill. Oh, really? And Yeah. <laughs> you know their names. They're coming over for dinner Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> we but have they're, such but they're fixing stuff too. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna. You should have seen this guy trying to explain how no, to change my, the weather stripping on my no. door. Oh, and my wife and I actually took a class at, at home at uh, really? Home Depot. Yeah. Was it a marriage to, class? Somewhat. It was how to put tile up on a wall for a backsplash without fighting. Well, no. I'm going to start offering my classes at Home Depot. <laughs> there you go. Because that's where a lot of fights. That's start. where you should advertise. Yeah. It's funny to watch couples, you know, well, going through that. But not just – more on colors, just arguing about colors. Oh, yeah. Come on. Seriously. That's why I would never refinish a house. Right. See, I can't focus enough to finish mm-hmm. it. I can't even focus enough to live in it. Again, again, my house is sinking, so my house True. is irrelevant. Right? Yeah, how much longer do you have to live in the house? Huh? I know. Really, really time's ticking. Yeah. We've only got a few more weeks. Hey, uh, today's show then, we're talking marriage with somebody that has ADHD. And it's a big deal. I see it a lot with my clients where they come in and I, they're like, I don't know what it is, but he he can't focus. He's easily mm-hmm. distracted. He never finishes anything. And I'm like, does he have ADD or ADHD? And almost always they're like, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I'm they like, don't well, know. have you been treated? Is he being treated? And I'll ask, are you being treated? Don't nah. you need a diagnosis first? Yeah. But you, yeah. But honestly, they already know. Most people I know. They, I mean, it goes undetected. A lot of people don't know they sure. have it, but then you get into the person that doesn't know they have it, and they they, I, they say they don't know they have it. But the more you talk about it, they've seen their entire life they couldn't focus. Mm. Maybe that's what we should ask our expert about. We're going to find out, yeah, how we deal with that. So, but before we do that, before we get to our great expert on this subject, we've got to get to our headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show: A summary of stories that you might have missed. Dateline Pew Research Center. <laughs> Dateline Pew Research Center. <laughs> Actually, the Pew Research good. Center is a fabulous, They're big league. A fabulous place, huge. Um, but they've been analyzing some Census Bureau data, and I saw this Washington Post story. Hmm. It was written by uh, Bridget Schulte. Um, but the census data shows that marriage may be becoming an old tradition. Ah, uh, phooey. Okay. Really? Well, the Pew Research Center found fewer people are marrying. The share of never married Americans has never been higher. Yeah, we have one in five people over the age of twenty-five have never been married. Mm. That is up from one in ten in nineteen sixty. You know why? Congress, really? Congress? Hmm. No, we blame them. Let's just blame them for everything. Sure, why not? But you know what? It, it, some of it is the economy. So when the economy oh, yeah, started oh, yeah. to shift, that, they get into that. Yeah, actually. okay. Um, but they say they say that a rising share of Americans will never marry at all. Yeah, I believe that. Today's young adult, when today's young adults reach their mid forties to mid fifties, uh, a record high share, twenty five percent, will never have been married compared to twelve percent in nineteen sixty. Wow, yeah, it that's is huge. Um, but they said that uh, there are some complex factors which are uh, at fault for all of this. Uh, the Bachelor. That's that probably show, one I'm of them. Sure, has ruined many a marriage. Well, they're saying that the economic change yep. is one. Demographics, yep. Uh, more women in the labor force, millennials, and shifting attitudes about the value of marriage. Yeah. Well, a lot of us didn't have a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of us as parents aren't great examples of great marriages. True. So some of our kids are probably like, eh, I don't need it. They're calling this a mismatch in the marriage market. Ooh. So, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Uh, I think it's. I think it. It will eventually. 
it'll eventually be a gut punch, and it's going to hurt us. There is a majority of Americans who still hope to marry someday, but that majority is just 53%. Really? Yeah. Who, like, have a hope to marry. Mm Mm-hmm. That's down from 61% just four years ago. I mean, when you look at James. Yeah? He's got a hope to marry. Um, He's even got more than a hope. But the answer for James? Yeah. Stay in school. Really? Because the mismatch in the marriage market is hitting hardest on men with less than a high school degree, which you already have a high school degree. Yeah. No, do you? Do you? Uh, yeah. I'm, it's, and not it's not one of those fake, fake it's degrees. Not, it's oh, not a real fake. degree. It's a real degree. <laughs> All my degrees are real, though. I mean, and, yeah, but real fake. The data shows that it used to be that men were equally likely to be married or never married regardless of their educational background. Yeah. So it's changing. Wow. But young men's wages have fallen by 20% yeah. since well, see, 1980. So yeah. And so there's a lot of guys out there delaying marriage because they simply feel like they can't afford it. Can't do it. But you know what? This is going to hurt us. We've had many, many, many of, an, of, of the greatest researchers and experts on marriage and family mm-hmm. basically telling us we can't have this. This well, will impact everything. Exactly. You have, so you have all these men making less money, but you have – four-fifths of these never-married women, and the top thing that they're looking for in a spouse? Someone with a steady job. That's why, again, uh, James is a great catch. Yep. Dude's loaded. He's got the greatest job with the greatest people on earth. And he shops for shoes online. Weird, but true. (laughs) True fact. Right, James? Yeah, yeah, it's great. You get to learn all these little facts. I'm probably the most eligible bachelor in the United States. Except you have a you have a honey. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, Molly might be uh, wondering about that right now. Molly, you someday, are a bachelor. I don't know about we'll eligible know bachelor. Molly's real name is. That'll be great. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Melissa Orloff, and uh, she's going to start teaching us about. Attention Deficit Disorder, ADD or ADHD, and how it's impacting our marriages. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. John Legend, John Legend, there. One of my favorite songs, really. My son sings this song. I love all of you, even your perfect imperfections, except. And then we start making a list of what we, what drives us crazy with our spouses. Today, folks, we're talking about um, marriage with somebody that has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or just ADD, attention deficit disorder, we say we love our partners, you know, rich and poor, in sickness and in health. Uh, Is that true? Because a lot of us end up having a partner, maybe one that has depression, one that suffers from migraines, one that suffers from anxiety or attention deficit disorder, and we don't end up knowing that till we're married. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me that? And maybe it's because they simply didn't know. We're going to be talking to um, a, an expert today, wonderful author as well. Her name is Melissa Orlov, and she is a marriage consultant, one of the top experts in how ADHD affects relationships. She's been writing and speaking about the topic since 2007, has been researching it since 2005, 
and she works uh, with Dr. Ned Hallowell since 2004. They've been writing articles on ADHD, newsletters. They have a wonderful website. Uh, you got to go look up uh, ADHDmarriage.com. And uh, on there, they have tons of oppor- I mean, uh, tons of uh, articles, blog entries, talks about their books, everything they do. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Today, we're going to pick uh, Melissa's brain and see if she can't help us with this. Melissa, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be invited to join you. You bet. At big, this is a big issue. I see it a lot with my own clients where it's the funniest thing because a lot of people have known, they, you know, they always say, I always hear the word, I'm a little ADD a little ADHD, Um, and they've known it their entire life. Some of them even were medicated and being treated for it when they were young, and then they kind of quit being treated for it, and then all of a sudden it starts impacting the marriage. Is that pretty common? Uh, Yeah, actually the most common scenario is that they don't have any idea. They're clueless about it. Yeah, it's uh, the vast majority of adults who have ADHD have no idea that they have it. They've never been diagnosed. Um, so but, they just think of themselves as a little different. But their and their their spouse sees basically all of the signs of ADHD. Like, what are some of the signs that a spouse would start noticing? Well, so the very the the most important uh, sign would be distractibility. So, sort of going from one thing to another. Um, maybe difficulty organizing. Uh, trouble with time management. Um, in adults, believe it or not, uh, a poor driving record uh, mm-hmm. often is a signal about ADHD because you're very distracted. You tend to get more tickets and in more accidents, things like that. Um, so those are some of the diagnosable symptoms. And then there are things they see in the relationship, which most people don't attribute to ADD, so they don't realize what's going on. I mean, it's it's a big deal, isn't it? Because I've seen people that couldn't get a job, they couldn't keep a job, they couldn't arrive on time, their time management was messed up, and it creates all of these safety and these trust issues. And then we argue about the safety and the trust issues, but underlying all of this is this diagnosable issue. Right. And and what's really painful about it is that there's a great deal of of, uh, misunderstanding about what's going on. You don't since you don't know the ADHD is there, you don't have any idea why these things are. You tend to make this sort of moral diagnosis. Oh, well, my partner must be lazy right. or you know, something like that. And that's not it at all. Uh, yeah, and, they uh, don't care. They don't care. It's, it's not it at all. And, it, and, and so once you can um, identify it as a symptom and then start treating the symptom, um, things look a lot different in the relationship. I've seen it change a marriage simply because, oh, now we know what it is. It's yeah. it's it's now diagnosed, and it's also interesting how quickly a lot of things can actually change. Sometimes it can change very quickly and very positively just by getting an effective diagnosis. Yeah, I think that's right. So some people uh, – and diagnosis – the treatment for ADHD covers a whole lot of things. People tend to think it means medication, but right. it's not no. just medication. Um, but people can have a very positive response, and quite frankly, with a couple – as soon as you understand, oh, my partner's not paying attention to me because they're distracted instead of they don't love me, mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference in terms of how you're able to interact with your partner, just that piece of information alone. Yeah, don't make it about their love or their willingness to love. Make it about, you could make it about the being distracted. Right, or... You know, they, they can't complete the chores they promised to do. doesn't mean that they're liars right. or that they're trying to hurt you. It, it might mean simply that they have problems with organization that they can address um, with good treatment. Mm-hmm. It's, and I know, I know I see it a lot with my clients. How common of a problem is ADHD? 
Well, so adult ADHD, the incidence of it is about 5%. Um, but um, when, you, when you have an adult in a relationship who has ADHD, that relationship is more likely than not going to be one in which there is some significant struggle. Um, some research suggests that almost 60%, that's six zero percent can be rated as maladjusted, which is sort of a technical term, but it just means that they're, the couple's really having trouble. Mm. So 60% of that that 5% are having troubles, are maladjusted, aren't, are not doing well together. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and it tends to build over time, so they start out fine. In fact, in, during the courtship phase, typically it's really a very, very positive relationship. Um, but over time, as these symptoms um, that people don't know about continue to show up, uh, and there's a lot of confusion and anger. The relationship tends to get worse and worse. Um, is it what I have found is a powerful um, message about ADHD with my clients? Is you're not just trying to figure out your husband. Many times, you now have kids that are also going to have ADHD, and so in a way, it, it could become a family issue. Yeah, and in fact, that's actually one of the ways that's pretty common for adults to figure out they have it. Um, yeah. A teacher identifies that their elementary school child might have ADHD, and they start doing research, and they see these symptoms, and they go, oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> like dad. Yeah. It's true, uh, isn't and it? So, and, and then they have to figure out what to do about that. I mean, it is hereditary, yeah. uh, largely, um, and, and, and then it adds pressure because you've got um, partners dealing with the kids' ADHD as well as with the partner's new diagnosis and learning uh -huh. about that. It's a very interesting and sometimes very difficult is, And it tends to, I guess, be more male-diagnosed, more men are being diagnosed with it than the women are. Is that true? Uh, not as adults, actually. Okay. As kids, that's true because hyperactivity is more common in kids and mm -hmm. it's easier to see than the distractible version yeah. of ADHD. So, uh, but as adults, it's, it's, uh, it's more even. Is it really? Yeah. Because it's, um, to me, I, I, I really, it seems so obvious a lot of times when you're talking to clients and they start just talking about simple little, you know, ways that, that you can see ADD or ADHD manifesting. Why don't you share some of those? How, what, how does it impact the couple? Like, what are you seeing with your, you know, your writings and in your practices? Well, so there are a few key phrases, and, and sadly, not enough therapists are trained to recognize it, which is awful. I can't tell you the number of couples who've come to me and said, oh, we tried therapy, but Ugh. our therapist never mentioned ADHD, yeah. which is awful. Sad. But, uh, but one of the things, if, if you hear somebody say, I feel as if I have another child, and they're talking mm -hmm. about their partner, that's one of those phrases where you should be saying, hmm, I wonder <laughs> if ADHD is involved. Yeah. Because um, that takes on a, a lot of the meaning of, you know, they're not doing what they promised they're doing, they're not as responsible as I would like, they're not paying as much attention as I would like, right. you know, all of the things like that. Um, and uh, so there uh, might be what I call the chore wars, where there's a lot of arguing over who's doing what. Um, one of the partners who doesn't have ADHD might be feeling very lonely because mm -hmm. of the distractibility, where the partner is not paying enough attention. You know, the partners, the their, one partner is sort of off in their own world, and the other partner just feels alone, yeah. essentially. Those but, are all common. And then um, isn't there also some part that could also be hyper-focused? Well, yes, and in fact, the um, the courtship period of time is almost always that way, um, because when we, all of us, whether we have ADHD or not, 
um, are infatuated with our new partners, um, the brain creates a lot of dopamine, which happens to be involved with attention. Okay. Um, and so when the ADHD partner gets lots of extra dopamine because of the infatuation, they become extremely attentive and hyper-focused on their yeah. partner, which is wonderful. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then, then, it, then fades. it wears off. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> sometime after, you know, a couple of years, which is often after people have gotten married, and the, that ADD partner now is a stranger, literally, yeah. to the to the other partner because they've never seen this person before. They've only seen the high dopamine. That's right. Person. I call that the mate and switch. <laughs> so I love that. Once I'm we, have to you, go use that. that. Once we're mating, and then then you know, once we get married and we're finally the you know we lose a little bit of that edge, the it fades, and then the deal is switched, and then you're left with somebody that can't even you know do the dishes. Without being yeah, interrupted. Well, it's interesting because it's, it's uh, exaggerated when you have the ADHD symptoms um, versus the normal thing. And, um, and, and sometimes the partners feel as if their partner did it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. That, which, of course, is not true no. at all. And that's what, that's what I really want to do the show for because they're, they're not trying to be mean. They're just struggling. And so we're going to take a break and come back with Melissa Orlov. Again, you got to go to her website, ADHDmarriage.com. Uh, she's the author of the book, The ADHD Effect on Marriage, and uh, also a co-author on the book, The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD. We're going to take a break, come back, and continue to discuss marriage with ADHD right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Man, Paul McCartney. This is bringing back some memories. <laughs> you my, got memories of this song? My sister's dancing in our living room. Okay, yes. I could see that. In the 70s, just flipping their long hair back and forth. Yeah. Silly love songs. You know, a really good love song can't get rid of ADD or ADHD. But apparently, according to our expert, it can make us not know we're having it for a few months. Then all of a sudden, you got to get back to the marriage or the relationship. Joining us on the phone, Melissa Orlov is with us, and she um, is the author of a bunch of books but uh, and the co-author of some as well. One is called The ADHD Effect on Marriage. She also is the co-author of a book with Nancy Kohlenberger um, called The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD. But at their website, ADHDmarriage.com, Melissa Orlov and Dr. Ned Hallowell have been putting together a lot of research, a lot of information on treatment, everything you need if you think you or your spouse might be, um, you know, suffering with some ADHD. And you got to get the skills, you got to get the tools. So we've asked uh, Melissa to be on the show with us. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hey, um, one of the things I really wanted to get into is. It's sometimes when one person in the marriage is diagnosed with something, um, the other might feel the one that's diagnosed might feel judged, might feel less than. Is how do we handle that? Well, I think that that is uh, often the case, actually, with ADHD, and and it's tempting to say everything is about the ADHD, and right. that is not at all the case. Uh, it always takes two people. It's about uh, both the symptoms and then the responses to those symptoms. And so the way to handle that is to become 
as knowledgeable as possible and to also think about ADHD from a more of a strength-based uh, perspective, which is one thing that uh, Dr. Halliwell does very, very mm. well. Um, and some of his books on ADHD are uh, good resources for people who are trying to find out about it. Now, when you say strengths-based, uh, seeing the benefit of having ADHD? Well, some of that. Because so, there is that. So, for example, distractibility, if you think about it, one version of distractibility is creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you, you get a lot of input coming into you, and you're able to sort through it and be very creative. So there are positive sides um, to it. Um, uh, but also, I think there is this aspect that people do uh, some things very well, some things less well. And for couples, understanding what it is each partner contributes in a strength hmm. perspective yeah. um, can help them figure out how to be better together as a couple. And I guess that really, just the diagnosis is going to open up a lot of communication, or well, potential communication, opportunities to talk. But then it's really probably kind of the talking and the negotiating and the learning together that's that's going to make it valuable. Well, yes. And I think, um, so I always suggest to couples, find out as much as you can about this topic. And there's starting to be more information about it, right. not as much as I would like. Um, but one of the things that the diagnosis does, which is great, is open up the desire or at least the opportunity to treat the ADHD because... The majority of people, of adults who have ADHD, can in fact manage it quite effectively or effectively enough. So, so we can't we can't just oh yeah we can't just give them the label, and then if you have ADHD, you 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 can't just use the label to get out of everything. No, no. In fact, uh, you, you it's easier to think of it. I think to say ADHD might be a reason that you struggled in the past, but it's not an excuse to yeah. keep struggling in the future. You know, you can't that. manage it. It seems like back in my day, uh, ADHD. You, everyone kind of knew the kid that had ADHD, and it was more just the hyperactive kid. And the nurse would come in, and they'd bring him his Ritalin, and it, that's not that's not the best image of it. No. Talk to us no, about who these people are and what's really going on with ADHD in their head. What's happening? Well, so it's interesting. So part of what's happening is that um, there aren't a lot of hierarchical filters for a lot of people who have ADHD. And so there's a great deal of disorganization of information in the mind, and it's very sort of fast. I, I sort of think of it as a kind of a jumble. Somebody that I know described it to me once and said it's like having the Library of Congress in your head with no card catalog. <laughs> and if you think about that as an image, actually, it's really mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. Think about organizing that amount, trying to get stuff done when the information is less, you know, less uh, organized than yeah. you might like it to be. Um, and so there, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to live with ADHD, um, and particularly if you're living with a partner or with family members who then turn to you and say, why can't you do this? Mm-hmm. You should do better, et cetera, et cetera. I could see that that would make you more tense, make you maybe even potentially more depressed, more confused, more withdrawn. But we also know, I guess, that there is an association with anger as well. Uh, in these relationships, as well as for people with ADHD. So for people who have ADHD, some of them, not all of them, um, have um, stronger, faster emotional responses, both positive and negative, hmm. um, than people who don't have it. It's called emotional lability, where you you uh, might respond m- more angrily than a situation would normally suggest you might. 
uh, or or more joyously or whatever. Um, and then I think in these relationships, there's a fair amount of anger because, again, since many of them start out not knowing about the ADHD and there's all this confusion about are you lazy, are you trustworthy, etc., a great deal of anger builds. And as you've been together for a while, you go to that angry place faster and faster if there's not much relief for it. Yeah, then we just make a habit, don't we? We, we just get into a pattern right. that's more reactive instead of like slowing it down and understanding. Is that what you teach in your couple seminars about how to, how to do this together, how to not just react? Yeah, I do. I, I teach specific communication skills, and I also teach uh, couples to understand better what's going on. So in the case of anger, I would talk about different kinds of anger and, and how to address a specific type of anger so that they, they can understand, oh, this is flooding, or oh, mm-hmm. this is uh, behaviorally you know, based sort of ADD anger, or, you know, and there are different ways to approach them. So I help people understand what's going on and then give them tactics to use against whatever they're facing. It's just, it's, it's education. That's really what, yeah. it's pretty much what every marriage needs, regardless of a diagnosis, right? We just need, we need some skills. We need some tools. And in this case with ADHD, we need, we need maybe some insight. And it seems like having the insight might create more compassion instead of judgment. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, particularly, I think, for the um, non-ADD partners who are um, often quite um, concerned that Mm -hmm. they have misinterpreted the ADHD up until that point. Um, But then the ADHD partner needs to step in and say, okay, I own this and now I'm going to do something about it or else the things still continue happening and and they don't make a lot of progress. So it is definitely both people who have to work on it. I I had a client in my office today. Their their spouse doesn't have ADHD, but something else. And, um, but they kind of looked at me like, ah, So what's in it for me? What's in it for me? I mean, do I have to – because it really – sometimes even if we get really, you know, skilled and tooled, it's still sometimes raising a child. Like we got to remind them to take your pill. Did you take your pill? You got to take your pill. Oh, no. That's a a big no-no. You don't want to be reminding them to take the pill. You want them to set up their own reminder system so that they figure out how to do it themselves. I mean, this is part of the trick. You can't – parent uh, the person who has ADD, even if you think you'd like to, uh, because that creates a really imbalanced and unhealthy relationship and, and a lot of resentment. You, you can imagine if you're an adult and your partner's always bossing you around and telling you what to do, you would resent that person. Quite oh, yeah. Even if, even if it's for your good and it does serve you and they are right, it doesn't matter, does it? No, and and you know, it just it never works out, and and it's one of the great struggles for non-ADD partners who who are very organized often and who can see how you get from point A to point B very quickly and want to make it happen faster. Mm-hmm. You know, so they direct traffic essentially, and that just never works. The 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 ADHD partner feels very unloved and sort of put down and and starts to say why bother why mm-hmm. did i even work on this and that yeah then they get disheartened and they're thinking yeah okay i can't continue to be your mother but you're saying well don't don't do it yeah. anymore yeah exactly you have to find other ways to communicate what you need to get done and lots of times for the add people for example um behavioral um therapy um or coaching can be very helpful. So there's a skill set of organizational skills that lots of times they don't have in place yet Mm -hmm. um, and that they can learn. And then that takes some pressure off of, you know, before it was the non-ADD partner who was organizing for them. But 
then they never become independent. And so that just makes it worse. That's right. Well, and a lot of times we think they're so disabled that, okay, so great. How does someone with ADD remember to go to their behavioral therapy and take their pills? But part of it is you need them to make that leap in their brain and start doing what they can so their brain can start to create the habit. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that I teach is there are a lot of, as you might imagine, many people who find me are the non-ADHD partners who yeah. are all over this. The highly motivated, the, focused. Yeah, highly yeah. motivated. And the ADHD partners are going, I don't know, <laughs> this sounds like a yeah. setup to me. You know. <laughs> but um, what I, one of the things that I do teach is that ADHD really does make a difference in these relationships and that it isn't as overwhelming to deal with it as people sometimes think it is. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it is, I'm not saying it's not a challenge, sure. you know, it doesn't take time, um, but, um, uh, but it can be done and, and, um, and should be for the sake of living your life more the way you want to yeah. as the person who has the ADHD. Why not be more in control? That's right. I love it. And I also like the idea that, uh, our, the goal doesn't have to be perfection. If they could, imp- if they could improve their game 30%, I mean, yeah. that's a huge difference in a marriage. And the other huge difference is, um, even if they're not um, as successful as they might like, the fact that they are giving it their all uh-huh. communicates something really important right. to their partner. And, right. and that communication goes a very long way in a decent relationship. Absolutely. And the self-esteem of knowing I'm doing something, it, that might even just get me in flow and get me feeling better about myself because I'm doing all I can. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break, Melissa, uh, and come back and continue this discussion, giving more ideas, more tools for those of you out there in a relationship, a marriage, um, or even just in your family where somebody in the family might have ADHD. Lots of ideas. Remember, we're here to help you find the good in the world. We'll take a break. When we come back, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. A storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That is the storybook, Love. It's the theme from The Princess Bride. Uh, Mark Knopfler. The storybook story. Now, interesting. Some of you don't have a storybook marriage. Some of you have a comedy, a really good comedy. Some of you, it's more of a a tragedy or a drama. Uh, When it comes right down to it, though, folks, we all married the person we married and we made commitments. And then there comes this moment, which I affectionately call the mate and switch. And a lot of times the clouds, you know, the, the smoke dissipates and you're just left the two of you. And both of you realize, whoa, my partner's got some issues. One of those issues today, we're talking about ADHD. And it's a big, it's a big issue. But really, um, with some education and some information, it doesn't have to be the biggest issue in the world. We've got a wonderful guest joining us. Melissa Orlov has joined us from the website ADHDmarriage.com. She's also an author. They have a great blog there. That site is designed to give you all the tools, the ideas you need in order to start 
to make some progress on ADHD. So if you think your partner might be suffering from some ADHD, if you already know they are, if they've already been diagnosed, you got to get to the site. She's written the book, The ADHD Effect on Marriage. Um, Understand and Rebuild Your Marriage in Six Steps, another book that she um, co-authored with Nancy Kohlenberger, uh, is The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD. The site, though, as well, um, also features a lot of work from Dr. Ned Hallowell. Um, Really, as somebody that, that I work with a lot of clients that have ADD and ADHD, and I'm telling you, we need the resources, and this is one of the great resources for that. So welcome back to the show, Melissa. Thank you. You bet. Hey, um, as I as I just I for, I have never mentioned this, but am I correct in thinking that your spouse or somewhere in your marriage you've been dealing with your own ADHD stuff? Uh, my partner has ADHD, indeed, as as does one of my children. So you're not. This isn't hypothetical. No, actually, that's how I got into it was because uh, I like to laugh and say that my my husband and I are completely and totally average <laughs> when it comes to uh, ADHD problems. We've had the same problems that everybody else has had. Yeah. It's, it's actually one of the really interesting things about it is that the patterns that the ADHD symptoms encourage are so consistent. Mm. People read my books and they say, have you... Have you been sitting in my That's living room? Right. How do you know this? <laughs> That's right. I mean, and, and, and they can go from mild. I mean, you can take certain symptoms and they can even swing pretty ri- wild. Like, I mean, even infidelity is partially attention deficit, right? Uh, it can be, for yeah. sure, because there's a, um, you know, not thinking about what the potential consequences mm-hmm. are and, uh, and, and just jumping into it. Uh, not thinking, one yeah. Aspect. yeah. Hey, teach us some more. What, what else do we need to know when it comes to, you know, being in a marriage and trying to find kind of the, the positive or the appreciative solutions about ADHD? Well, I think that one of the things that is really important is to understand these relationships have lots of ups and downs, in part because ADHD by its nature is all about inconsistency, um, and that can be very stressful. Um, So optimizing the treatment of the ADHD across not only the sort of physiological things that help with the brain chemistry, but also learning new habits and learning new ways to interact with your partner, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things should be considered really forms of treatment and really can make things um, much better in the relationship. Are there, do there tend to be treatment? I mean, what does the spouse do? We send the husband maybe to behavioral therapy where they can learn. Does the spouse go with the husband? Are there things that the spouse, what are the support groups for the spouses? Well, so there are some, and I, I have to point out here, by the way, both men and women have it, so the partner might be a female. Who that's true. That's right. That's, that's so true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the, in the interactive leg of treatment, as I like to think of it, um, there are things, for example, like jointly setting up verbal cues. So you might have a situation that consistently triggers you into an argument. Hmm. Well, if the two of you can sit down when you're not having that argument and say, okay, let's set up a verbal cue, and you, you might set up something where when that starts to happen, you say a set of words or you touch each other or something in a way that you both agree means, okay, we're going to stop right now and not escalate this sure. fight. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing you learn how to, to, to um, set up, organize, to be better organized as a couple, how to have um, negotiations as equals instead of, um, you know, a sort of a one-person demanding yeah. that the other person do things, things like that. I've seen, I've seen too, just having more regular um, scheduling meetings, 
more meetings discussing what's coming up, what our expectations are. That seems right. to help too. And lists and things. Yeah. Powerful. What uh what what else should we be knowing um as a, as a kind of an appreciative way to go about dealing with Well, I think one of the issues that these relationships run into is that as couples try to struggle with the sort of organizational and power issues in the relationships, they forget about warming the relationships up. It's really important that you literally schedule and make sure that you have as a top priority uh, being uh, intimate with each other, Mm. being warm with each other, being open to listen to your partner. Um, These things sort of get left behind, and and they're the core of of what keeps you together. That's right. And bonded, right? Yes, exactly. You kind of need that chemistry to stay bonded as well. And, yeah, I can see we might get really technical about our scheduling and our talking and yet forget to cuddle and be married. Right, exactly. I mean, and and sometimes because you've got both busy schedules with, you know, lots of times with kids and also the distractibility, sometimes you really do literally just have to say, okay, every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 4, we're going to go explore the city together or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. just so we can have fun and know that you're going to have that connection time with just the two of you um, and then make that happen. Does, does, Does parenting impact this and ADHD. I mean, parenting for someone without ADHD is complicated anyway and complex and so different with each child. How how does parenting impact an ADHD relationship? Um, Well, you know, I think people who have ADHD and people who don't have ADHD often have uh, significant differences in terms of how they process information and sort of experience the world around them that they're not always aware of until they start to delve into this more deeply. And so um, there are some assumptions that each one makes about, oh, well, I'm assuming that you'll respond X, Y, Z way that are incorrect. So that can complicate parenting sometimes because yeah. you have this, this, these assumptions that, that you have. But, and, and you also, but the good news is that as you're learning about, if you have a kid with ADHD, if you're learning about ADHD for your child, you learn a lot of stuff that you can also then apply in the relationship and maybe the parent with ADHD has more empathy for that child. Um, you know, in fact, one of the great things about many of the people that I have worked with with ADHD is that they're really great with their kids. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So they can, they can, as you know, the non-ADHD partner who's very disgruntled says, <laughs> yeah, and then he gets done with the kids and he's just like a kid himself. And I'm well, thinking, you that's have great. That's, you right. Know, the, that's, that's right. It's true, isn't it? They, uh, I've, I once heard a phrase that said, you know, the, the most anxious parent usually doesn't do the best with the most anxious child. So sometimes the non-anxious parent might be better with an, a, a more anxious child. It, it might be. Is it possible? Have any of you seen, does the ADD parent? seem to do better with the ADD child, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know if that... I think it's just a more generalized willingness to be very present in the in the moment and to just get down and be with the kids yeah, and, play. and have a good time. Um, and, and unfortunately, sometimes that leaves the non-ADD partner feeling like the bad guy. Yeah, they're the bad cop. Setting up the rules and organizing everybody and, oh, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. And that can create a tension um, unless you just embrace it and say, you know, let me join in. Yeah. 
Let me play. And maybe he could, he or she could, she could bring him in, or he could bring her into the, into the play party. Um, Yeah. One of the things, um, I guess, as we're wrapping this up, I, I really just would love to know, as somebody who's living it in their lives and working at it day in and day out. What, what do we all need to know and remember when it comes to dealing with people with ADHD in our families, in our marriages? What should we never lose sight of? What have you learned that's hit your heart the most? I think the thing that is the most important really is, is really keeping your eye on remaining connected with each other hmm. and, uh, and keeping it, that, that relationship warm and, um, and as intimate as possible. Um, there are so many opportunities to get these relationships out of balance where you have one person who's the chief and the other person who's not. And that's a huge mistake. Um, it's incredibly dam- damaging. And I just watched couple after couple struggle um, as one person tries to organize the other one and then that the ADG partner becomes resentful and, and sort of backs away. Um, so I think that's the thing that's probably the primary um, thing is just to remember that Ultimately, it's about your relationship. It's not about how clean your room is or whether the socks are picked up or anything else. It's about your relationship. And there's hope. There's hope. If people are suffering with this, there's a lot we can learn and do, right? Yes, exactly. That's powerful. Well, we appreciate you, Melissa. And I love, I really do. I love your website. I refer my clients to it. And everyone out there should as well. ADHDmarriage.com. And uh, again, go check out the books that she's put together, The ADHD Effect on Marriage and The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD, as well as go check out Dr. Ned Hallowell's work as well. Just tons of research. Folks, don't give up. Uh, When we have these differences, there is hope out there. And uh, hope can easily be found just, you know, a click away. We're going to take a break, my friends. And when we come back, continue this discussion about our differences. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Your host here, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today we've been talking about marriage and ADHD uh, and how sometimes we marry somebody and we're singing this beautiful ballad, marry me, and yet we have no idea what uh, what we're really, you know, signing on for, because we don't even actually know our partner a lot of times. So one of the things I wanted to take uh, a little bit of time during this part of the show and talk about what I call five holes. So when somebody comes in and sees me as a coach, a relationship coach, they always seem to bring, you know, they bring their stuff. They start telling me what's going on. And um, I always see it like this, OK, that there's a bucket of love. So this isn't a golf game? No. Oh. Yeah, no, that would be nine holes. Okay. Yeah. Or 18. Yeah, we don't usually do a five hole, of course. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you get tired and you're done by five. Yeah. Yeah, I've, you know, it's not like five strokes because that would be easy. This uh, My five holes are like 40 strokes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, five holes, we call it. And um, here's the deal. So I want you to imagine a bucket. Okay. 
the bucket has five holes in it. We want to fill the bucket up with – we want to fill it up. Good luck. Yeah. We want to fill it up with love. It's the love bucket. Here's the problem. It's got five holes it's in it. It's got five holes in it. So I can fill it up and fill it up and fill it up. But you know what? It's going to keep emptying. It's going to empty until we get rid of the holes, until we deal with the holes. And um, what I teach are there's five holes. And we've been talking about ADHD, which would be one of the holes. But there's other holes that we need to look at. And so think about your marriage. And I'm going to bet if you're struggling in your marriage, there's a chance you might be losing some love through one hole. Most of us don't have all five holes. Okay. But we have a, a few. And, you know, it's not even us that has the holes, right? It's our spouse. Of course. I mean, we're rock solid. I don't have holes in my bucket. It's not what she said. And um, anyway, she called. She says, yeah, you have four of the five. Here we go. Hole number one. Physical holes, physiological. Sometimes in a marriage, we struggle with each other because physiologically, we're not healthy. For example, if my wife had multiple sclerosis, Mm -hmm. loving each other, touching each other, um, having the energy to deal with everything you have to deal with might create problems. Right. And so – that becomes a hole. Your physiology can, can become a hole in a variety of ways. By the way, if you have ADHD, that's probably a physiological hole. There's something going on in your brain, needs some chemistry at times, needs some skills and some, some thinking through it to be able to deal with the hole. Other kind of physiological holes could be um, chemical you know, depression or chemical issues of anxiety, bipolar disorders. They're actually physiologically manifested in your brain. This isn't a psychological problem per se. It's a physiological problem. Your body has an actual chemistry issue. If you have a, um, if you have Alzheimer's, hmm. if you um, have cancer, any kind of physiology can start to impact your ability to love and to feel love and to have the energy to love and to be loved. So out there in listener land, if you're struggling in your marriage, just think about it. Do, do either of you in your marriage have physiological holes? Just getting older could make some relationships harder simply because we're aging. Uh, going through certain times of month, certain times of difficulty in life can create physiological problems as well. So Physiology, one of the holes we need to watch out for. Another one we need where we might be losing some love, psychologically. If you were abused as a child, mm-hmm. if you were raped as a child, if you, were, um, if you lack self-esteem, if you didn't have a strong parent that was safe for you and you could attach to, it could create for you a psychological hole. Some psychological holes, though, could also exacerbate physiological holes. So some depressions could be psychological and some depressions could be physiological. Some, if you just lost your mother in an accident, you might be situationally depressed. And if we can't get a hold of it you know, over time, you could actually become psycho- or physiologically depressed. Mm-hmm. Right? So it could go from psychological depression to physiological. Maybe postpartum. Postpartum depression would be a great example. Mm-hmm. We have a baby. It's a very physiological event. It drains your chemistry. And then you start to feel like a bad mother, you can't do anything right, and it can start to impact you psychologically as well. So we've got two holes right there, and those that's a big deal. So if you're dealing with a relationship and your wife lacks a lot of self-esteem and doesn't feel good about herself because of self-esteem issues, and every time you tell her, oh, man, honey, you're so beautiful, you're perfect, and she's like, no, I'm fat, mm-hmm. psychologically 
she may not feel good about herself. And so that actually may start to make you pull away or make her pull away. So there's two holes we've talked about. Third hole I always talk about, um, addictions. Uh-huh. So then all of a sudden I've got clients that have psychological and physiological holes. And what they want to do is medicate those. So they get medicine either you know, legal or illegal. They might get alcohol or whatever they do. And they start to numb their holes and they become addicted. And now all of a sudden you have an addiction, which is probably a mix of a physiological and a psychological hole. Hmm. When I see somebody that has a physiological hole, I try to send them to an expert that can help them with their physiology. If they have issues with um, their uh, – um, what's it called? When they lack energy – oh, thyroid. Oh, OK. So yeah. they're starting to have thyroid issues and they're lacking energy and they don't have – I would send them to somebody that understands hormones or thyroid and, mm-hmm. and get into that. I, if I think they have a psychological issue, I send them to a psychotherapist that is an expert in that field. If I sense they have an addiction, I send them to an addiction counselor right. or expert to deal with the addiction. That, that counselor can deal with the psychological and the physiological sides of it. But addictions are major. And by the way, addictions can be anything, anything. I know people that are addicted to scrapbooking and Pinterest. I know people that are addicted to spending. I know a woman that has put her family in debt and she's also has a storage unit full of stuff that has also put her family in debt and the husband doesn't know it yet. Oh, she's got a hole. It's an addiction and it's a psychological hole and it's causing problems. Mm-hmm. The husband said, oh, if you do this one more time, we're done. Well, she's done it. And she can't tell him. Can't tell him. It's a hole. So we have physiological, psychological addictions. The fourth hole I call distractions. Distractions can be anything that take your time, your focus away from your marriage. If someone has ADHD, they have a distraction. Mm-hmm. Now, it could just simply be said to be a physiological issue, but distractions can be anything. Your children can distract you from your marriage. Yes. By the way, so can your church. Oh, Yes. So can your um, hobbies, your career, your education, your girlfriend could distract you from your wife. Yes. That's the one I was thinking you were going to bring up. I call that the greener pasture. And the minute you got that greener pasture going on, of course you're going to feel better because you got all this chemistry flowing. But the reality is you are in a distraction. So sometimes our marriages are falling apart because our partner's distracted. They don't – they're not paying attention anymore. And by the way, every time, it almost always – it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, what, am I not supposed to work? Well, no, you can work, but you cannot pretend like the distraction's not impacting you. The fifth hole I always look for is ignorance. Hmm. To have somebody sitting in a marriage that doesn't know they're distracted and doesn't know the impact it's having on the party, the other partner, or to have one partner that has uh, you know, anxiety or depression and they're ignorant to it becomes a really compounding hole. One of the most common things we could work on today, each one of us listening, don't be ignorant. Start figuring out what your holes are physiologically, psychologically, addictions, distractions, or ignorance, and we're going to work on those. And we don't need to fix every hole. We just need to plug them up as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And there's usually never going to be one solution to fix it. There's not just take this pill and then you're better. There might be five solutions to deal with anxiety or ADHD, for example, Go online. Go start studying. Go maybe talk about to the doctor about getting meds. Go start doing behavioral therapy. Go learn patterns of habits and, and working with your partner. Learn to communicate. There's a bunch of solutions. So think of it out there down there in listener land. Do you got any holes? 
And by the way, it's very easy to see our partner's holes because they're always like, yeah, mm-hmm. you always do that. What I want us all to be thinking, what part of me is not whole and incomplete? Where do I have holes and how much love am I losing because I'm not focusing on those? That's something every one of us can go work on today even. Go fix those holes, my friends. Physiological, psychological, addictions, distractions, ignorance. That's all you need to know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, guess who's in the house? Uh, Sarah Gowans from the Happy Gal website uh, and blog. She's going to be joining us, and she's going to teach us about balance, finding and getting balance in our lives. Tons of good stuff. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Matt Townsend Show. Bruno Mars. Is this the song you're going to play, James, when you get uh, engaged? Maybe. Possibly. What do you think Molly would say? Uh, yes. I don't know. I think so. I don't know. Pretty we'll safe bet. I want to meet. I want to meet her first. Okay, you will. I mean, like, I want to. I want to interview her. Okay. Oh, I've talked to her. See, she says she's willing. So I actually want to interview her on the radio show. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be happy about that. You think she'd do yeah, it? Yeah, she would love it. That's cool. Uh, I interviewed Sarah's husband, Joe, before we let Joe marry Sarah. <laughs> Isn't that right, Sarah? Um, did you? I forgot. Yeah, he called. <laughs> oh, he was called. that my background check? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We had to do a police check. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of checks we had to do. Oh, it was probably a long list. Uh-huh. What's with the mafia thing you were doing? Well, I can't talk about that on the air. I'll tell okay. you later. Okay, because was you were also doing a multi-level marketing thing. Oh, don't get me started on that. Sometimes they're the same thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, welcome back, and Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah Gowans. By the way, she uh, she likes to pretend like she's a certified foot zoonologist, <laughs> but. We don't know what that means. I'm going to get my hands on your feet one of these days. Uh, you know what, Sarah? If I had a dollar for every time I've had someone say that, <laughs> I'd will, have a dollar. Will, I would take you to a whole nother level, Matt. I I have a bad foot that I still can't fix. The plantar fasciitis. Plantar. We talked about on that one foot, It's my right foot. And I think it's because I kicked too many field goals. Okay. No, I just thought that sounded cool. But I don't kick Phil Gold. I just stay in bed too long and my foot gets twerked. Um, Here's the deal. You are the blog manager uh, for the Happy Gal blog. Mm -hmm. Happygal.com. Yep. Uh, Some people behind the scenes are saying that you actually run the show. Well, we don't tell Jenny that. Yeah. We like to make her think she's in charge. Yeah. Some people actually think that Jenny, who's also one of our contributors, you and Jenny are the same person. <laughs> you know what? We talked about coming in together. Wouldn't that be fun? I would love fun? it. Let's do it. We said we should come in at the same time. I don't think you could handle us together. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you I couldn't because I can't handle any of this. Except here's what I can't handle. You brought some quinoa patties. Just for Sean. Yep. <sighs> now, I don't know if you know this, but the name of the show is The Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. How many did I bring, Matt? Not enough. I did. I brought a lot for to share. There's five of them. Six. 
six of them. <laughs> That's not even like it's just okay. Here's the appetizer. thing: is it's just a tasting test because oh, okay. these are coming out That's in good. our new version of our cookbook okay. that we're putting That's out. That's so fine. then you'll want to go buy the cookbook and make them yourself. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> They're easy. I've never bought a cookbook. <laughs> maybe okay. We'll get. We'll, right maybe what you, I'll talk to Jenny and see yeah, if yeah, she'll yeah. give you one. Just see. Tell Jenny if she gives me a cookbook, I'll give her one of my books. Okay. We'll save her marriage <laughs> if she'll teach me to cook. Can I get in on that little marriage yeah. counseling yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't need it because you married I Joe. Don't need Where's it. Joe, by the way? I asked him if he was coming today. He's actually. We're going out of town next week. Where are we going? To Europe. It's our one-year anniversary. Holy cow. I know. So we're taking off. We're going to flee the country. Has it so gone? So he's working hard to get ready. Uh, Joe, so Joe, you married Joe. Joe married you, picked up four beautiful daughters. Yep. So he's just coated in estrogen. <laughs> that man has more. That's oh, why he wants oh, to go to Europe. I could tell you stories about what he's he, been through. He probably needs to come see you yeah. just to get through. No, he's been calling. He calls a lot. <laughs> Does he? But I, I think he's a neat guy, and normally he's here. And I bet if yeah. Joe had come today, I'd, we'd probably have more quinoa patties. Probably. He's the one that ate most of them. Really, they smell so. really good. Yeah. Have fun with those, Sean. <laughs> whatever. You'll get some, Matt. No, whatever. Okay, next whatever. time I'm bringing something just for you. What do you want? Okay. What's your favorite? <laughs> um, do you have anything you could put, like, in a hot pocket? Oh, gosh. Okay. Cheetos. You need to come to me for certain types of therapy. I want something I need... savory. I'm more of a savory guy than a sweet. Okay. Um, I don't care. Just, we'll come up with something good. Just make it good. And don't put quinoa in it. Okay. Because I can't even I'm going to bring you that. a treat, a healthy treat, a dessert savory that's or good sweet? for you. Oh, but you want savory. I'll tell you. know what? Just bring both. All right. Sounds good. See how I did that, James? Now I'll get two. Yeah, that was clever. That was sweet and savory. She can't hear us. Yeah, don't tell Um, me. So here's the deal, Sarah. You have been – you're an expert because you're an expert in balance. That's what I work on. That's zonology. Well, that's what zoning is all about is is balancing your body. Is it really? Yeah. Do you think I'm out of balance if my foot doesn't work? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We're all out of balance, Matt. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like twice it's you've been rude today. It's an indication of something. <laughs> it's, it's you've been rude twice. I mean, it's not. Uh, whatever. Do you want to lie down on the couch yeah. and we can talk about it? Can you rub my foot? <laughs> talk to me about balance because balancing life is one thing. We've been talking today a lot about ADD, mm-hmm. ADHD. Yeah. That throws us out of balance. I know. So I, you know, it was interesting because I was thinking about this topic today and what I would have to say about it because I don't per se have you know, a spouse with ADD or yeah. a child or whatever. But um, I, it made me think about the importance of ourselves being balanced because when you're working with someone who's struggling with oh, their yeah. own stuff, yeah. and I don't care what it is, ADD no. or Just depression it, or just life or just teenagers. parenting, right? Teenagers. <laughs> Dealing with teenagers. Yeah. No, it's just so super important that we are in our own space. Mm-hmm. And what came to my mind was um, a storm. And we can be the the eye of the storm. Ooh. So if we can calm yeah. and balance and ground ourselves, then that storm can be going on all around, around us. us, but we're solid we're just, in the middle. And we're in a yeah. calm, nice, yep. semi-tranquil space. So I just thought cool. of you know a few ideas and tips to get us to that space so that to help us. Is this um, – and these are tips that – so I just talked about five different holes, physical, social, emotion. No, physical – 
psychological addictions, distractions, ignorance, those are all out of balance as well. Mm -hmm. So what are what's one of your solutions? Well, what I do, the first thing every morning is I have to get in my to get myself in that space is meditation. Wow. And it's not something that I've always done. And I actually studied studied it extensively a few years ago. Um, And there was a book that I read that changed my whole view on it. I mean, it was awesome. What if was you've it? ever, it's called Love, Medicine, and Miracles I've by Bernie it. Siegel. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome book. And um, he's a, a medical doctor. He's an MD, but um, he had patients who came to him and he taught them how to meditate and use their mind to yeah. heal their cancer or whatever well, was that Eastern philosophy, yeah. right? They've been teaching that forever. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it's nothing new. Do but you, that you book get up was, and, oh, do you do that? Do you? Do you get into that? You know, I don't chant. When I go to yoga, I chant sometimes. Yeah, I, not every I, time, but... I pant when I go to yoga. Hey, there's value in that. It's Pant breathing. is different than chant. I do deep breathing. Do you? Yeah, and there's actually... That's a whole other topic of the benefit uh, of deep breathing. Yeah, mine's less deep breathing. Mine's uh, just trying... Mine's just called survival breathing. I'm so doing what I can to get... That's why we're going to talk about meditation today. Okay, good. good. <laughs> meditation. So when I read that book, um, I started... I decided to test it because what he talked about was the power of the mind yeah yeah and i mean he was taking it to the extreme of you can heal heal your whatever whatever's going on Mm -hmm. with you with the power of your mind and so i thought okay i'm going to test this out and at the time i wanted to lose a little weight so what i did was i started to meditate every morning and um i would imagine in my mind what i wanted the outcome like Hmm. what outcome i wanted i thought of it right yeah and I lost 10 pounds in two weeks. Didn't change my diet, didn't change exercise. Did you eat quinoa nothing. patties? <laughs> At that time, I didn't you have weren't. those little gems in my life. See, but, but, you did, but part of it is just focusing your mind. So it was just the power of the some. mind. I mean, and that's a silly little thing. There's a lot bigger things than yeah. weight loss, but that's just what I decided to test it well, with. Well, part of it is, uh, is just it's settling on it. Like yeah. you're choosing to do it. Yeah. So it kind of gets your mind chosen, you know, focused and. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So the bigger, and we can take that to another level. So what it is, is you can use that in so many things. It's visualize what you want. Yeah. Take the time every day to visualize that, and then it becomes part of your life. That's huge. So if we can begin our day met with meditation and visualizing how we want our day to go mm-hmm. and what we're gonna, how we're going to handle situations, I use prayer as part of my meditation. Yeah. So I do meditation where I actually try to get rid of any negative yeah. Yeah. junk stuff, and then I put in positive, and then I, when I'm in that good space, I send up a prayer and wow. see what comes back. This so, is the first thing you do every morning. Mm-hmm. See, when I I'm, go to the bathroom. <laughs> Well, okay, maybe it's the second. Okay, thing. so it's the second thing you do. I'm like, wow. Because if you have I to go to the bathroom when you're meditating, yeah, it's really that would hard. Mess it up. That's in a more advanced level. That's right. Well, plus, also, if that's all you're thinking about, eventually, <laughs> all you'll get out of life is you get to go that to the bathroom. That would be a good test mm-hmm. if you could focus. No, some things okay. aren't worth testing. Okay, maybe I'll test that one next. Yeah, try that. Let's see if because when so when I first started doing this, I'll tell you it was this is in in. What's the word I'm looking for? Indicative. Indicative. <laughs> indicative. Yeah. Thank you. Or indicative. Uh, that's my new word for the day. I that's want good. you to use it. That's good. Um, it's indicative of our society is when 
when I first started doing that, it was hard oh, yeah. to calm my oh, mind I down. No, I bet. It was. It was really hard. And I've been doing it for a few years now, so it's easier. Now you're and it's, good. Yeah. So. Um, we're talking with Sarah Gallons. We're going to take a break, but she's already taught us. One of the keys then to balance and staying balanced is meditation, uh, along with quinoa patties mm-hmm. and indicative. <laughs> Three keys already, all in one. But we're going to come back. She's got more, folks. There's more to finding and creating balance in your life. More with Sarah Gowans um, from thehappygal.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Sarah Gowans asked uh, that we use this as her theme. (laughs) I will always love you. This is dedicated to Joe. We'd like to dedicate this to (laughs) Joe, who's sitting up in... For our one-year anniversary next month. Kaysville. Getting ready (laughs) for... Actually, he's down here, and he is listening. I love you, baby. (laughs) I love you, too, Joe. (laughs) Joe's going to Europe with Sarah. One-year anniversary. We should call in from Paris. Do it. That would be fun. Oh, you know what I would do? Bring some croissants. Croissant. That's what you want is me to bring you something from France now. Mm. Yes, but I know what you'll bring. Or would you rather have a homemade? I'd rather have homemade. Because I'm a pretty good cook. I'd rather have homemade. And honestly, you don't have to bring me anything. You love me just the way I am. I will always love you. (laughs) It's your song. Hey, Joe, I mean no disrespect. She is yours. I'll just... (laughs) Yeah, you better. Now he is going to come next time. I'm just looking for food. That's all I want, Joe. <laughs> hey, um, Sarah Gowans is here from happygal.com. She is the blog manager. Uh, some believe she is Jenny. You'll never know. Some believe that you are the same person. Yeah. For real. Uh, she's also a certified foot zonologist, which um, eventually we're going to work on my feet and we're going to do it on the show. Okay. It's too bad it's not a TV show then. Nah. Maybe we can get Brooke Walker and no Brooke can come. We'll film and... it. And one of the things I'll do is, um, I, but I'll make I'll make enough sounds that it will sound it's as good as seeing it. Okay, that could be an interesting show. Hey, how come when you said you were going to work on my feet, and in the break you said, "But I'll have to double glove." Well, why, there's why did certain you say policies that? that I have in place for myself. Okay, it's for, all about protection, and I use essential oils when I zone. So do you really? I'll have to double. Okay, up that's on interesting because sm- the smells bother me sometimes. Oh, I have a very I sensitive olfactory system. Yeah, we'll get there. Hey, um, you've been talking about balance. Mm-hmm. Number one key you found to balance every morning you get up, you use meditation mm-hmm. to kind of get centered. Yeah, to get that vision of what's what you want happening in your life. Yeah, and. And incidentally, that can help I, for those that do struggle with um, ADD, ADHD, yeah. too. So it, that's not just for those that are, right. you know, it's for everyone. Well, I mean, think of like if you start and you're, like, you've been meditating for three years, I'm sure your meditations your first week were pretty pathetic. Oh, I had to set a timer and I Did would you? like peek my eye open and look yeah. at the timer because I couldn't. You couldn't do and it. And now, honestly, I can go do it for half an hour and mm-hmm. be like, oh, whoa, where did the really? time go? Yeah. I listen to meditation on my cell phone when I'm going to bed. Uh-huh. Actually, That's I don't awesome. mean to go to bed, but I fall asleep like in three minutes. Yeah. So I think that means I'm really meditating hard. Well, you do a lot, Matt. So you need a little, <laughs> maybe it means you need to calm down a little. Yeah. 
probably true. Although we love everything that comes from what you do. No, so. that's what you say, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I believe you. What's I another f- tool to balance? Well, okay, so this is a, an important part of it is the food we eat. And I know mm. that I always like bring little things when I come yeah. because I'm so passionate about yeah. healthy food and really the power that it has um, on our bodies. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, everything, but our bodies because it's food. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I'm a huge proponent of real food. So yeah. food that's not, you know, like chemically derived or made in right. a lab or whatever. So one of the things that's big that I teach is um, try and stay away. And especially I think if you struggle with ADD or concentrating or whatever, mm-hmm. um, stay away from those things that are in foods that are not real food. So, for example, there's... Um, artificial sweeteners that they'll Mm -hmm. put in pop or whatever. Yeah. So if I have someone that's coming to me and they're struggling with their health, the first thing I'll tell them is, okay, if you're drinking diet, Dr. Pepper or whatever, um, I'd rather have you switch to the real stuff because at least your body knows what to do with sugar than with aspartame. Oh, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a small step. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling if they ever, um, did an autopsy on me. Oh no. They're going to find out that I'm like 80% aspartame. Do you drink Diet Coke? Let's just say it drinks me. Okay. Well, okay. I don't know. I don't, I'm not <laughs> saying I do. I'm just saying I have been known to partake of aspartame. Well, you know what? I do too, if I'm by, being flat honest. Because it's because Matt, it's everywhere. It's in our it's in, it's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. hard to stay away from it. And I I've become much more conscious of it in the last mm-hmm. few years, so I think I have it much less in my diet than I used to, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have it well, at they're, all. They're showing right now that people gain weight on diet drinks yeah. because of the aspartame yeah. messing them up. So tricky. here's the thing is that with at least with real food, your body knows what to do with it. That's right. It knows where to put it and how to handle it. But when you start putting that artificial mm-hmm. stuff in there and it's not just pop i mean it's in so many things and when you get to like low fat fat free that kind of stuff yeah, that's just... they're taking that out but then they're putting artificial stuff in mm-hmm. and like you said it's actually causing people to gain weight right so we're, we're like fish okay we're supposed to eat a lot of more fish right Help yeah me. omega-3s are good omega-3s are great mm-hmm. uh uh swedish fish Oh, <laughs> see, I'm so I didn't even I, know what you were talking about for well, a minute. I was like, "What fish are native to Sweden?" I eat a lot of Swedish fish lately. Okay, <laughs> and I'm betting you're going to say so that's not. Do you want to talk about food dyes and what it does to your brain cells? Yeah, let's do that for a second. Because <laughs> I, so you're saying my brain will take a dive. So it affects you is all I'm saying. I'm not certified enough. I'm getting there. I'm taking courses and doing that, but I'm not a doctor to say, you know, but what I can tell you from the studies that I have done is that it affects your brain. And so Mm. the artificial food dyes affect your thinking and your, your memory and all that kind of stuff. If you have to dye something to make it look like something that isn't even looking like a real fish. Yeah. You may as well just, well, it's just you next. Okay. So here's what, so after I tell people to get off pop, I, the biggest thing that I teach is to read labels. So I want you next time Ugh. you <laughs> eat Swedish fish, Ugh. look at the ingredients that are in that. Yeah. And we kind of joke about it. And honestly, I'll have them now and then because yeah. I, maybe I need to get to a better point. But um, but the thing is, is that we look at this ADD and all these different things are growing in our oh, society. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that That's you right. start looking at the food products and how there's a correlation right. to that. Well, and Swedish fish cells are mm-hmm. they're going up like crazy, so why wouldn't 
I mean, and it's everything. There's yeah. so much junk it's, we're yeah. eating. And preserving never... the food that even right. if it's not candy, I That's mean, right. you think you're buying. I'm, um, Jenny and I are about to do a, a presentation for the Happy Gal that we're going to talk about. You think you're eating healthy, but yeah. you start looking at the ingredients. Oh, yeah. And no. you're not. <laughs> I, I actually quit eating French fries like years ago. Yeah. I found a French fry in my car. Oh, stop it. By, by the way, looked great. We also have organizational and cleaning skills. No, but <laughs> it was under my seat, and I'm like, I could eat that. That looks I know, because it has so I many just, pervert, preservatives. I know. Yeah. See, that's what's amazing okay, about Okay, so it. now think about what's being put in the food to preserve the food, and then you put that in your body, mm. and what the heck that's doing that's to right. your body. So that, I mean, some people might be thinking, why are you talking about food when you're talking about but balance, this, kind of stuff, this, is, but this is what throws us off. What we eat has such a huge Absolutely. impact no, totally. on us. I so totally it's agree. really important. Yeah. What's your third um, negative point that I'm not doing? Matt. Oh, my goodness. I mean, okay. these are all really good points. It's just I'm <laughs> 0 for 3. You are not. I actually do a little you meditation. Are not. I don't believe you. But I, you did, would... I didn't eat the fry. Good job. I decided I will not eat a fry if it's over one year. Okay. That's a good start. That's a great start. That's an awesome start. So give yourself a little gold star for that. Nice. (laughs) That's our gold star sound. Where did that come from? That was awesome. James has always got a sound for everything. I'm going to start coming up with things that he can do it for like... James, give us the quinoa patty sound. Ooh, that's a good one. And I love it that it's kids because my kids love the quinoa patty. Give us the Swedish fish sound. It's a trap. Sell what that was that? Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so my third yeah. one is exercise. I, no, I love it. It's great. But I've got a bad leg. That's okay. Okay, so here's... By the way, I went swimming, got a bad leg. Ended up swimming not. in a circle. You did not. Yep, swam in a circle. It was a Swedish fish. Good point. <laughs> they melted in my pocket. <laughs> well, they were just, yeah, I mean... It's true. Swimming in a circle. Talk about... Uh, we need to exercise. Yeah. Do we have to do okay. like... You got to do Here's 30 minutes thing, cardiovascular. No, 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 no. Okay. So people hear exercise and they check out immediately. Yeah. So when I talk about exercise, I'm talking about do something that you love. Just mm. be active. And I don't have a certain, like, I'm not one that goes to the gym every day and yeah. does, you know, this set routine or whatever. I do what I feel like each day. So sometimes it might be going out for a run. Sometimes it might just be a walk. That's I mean, cool. who knows? You know what I mean? Just whatever but you're in the mood the for. The point is... Um, if you enjoy doing it, you're going to do it. It's true. But just being active and getting things moving, it's, first of all, a stress relief. So oh, if yeah. you are dealing with hard situations oh, yeah. from day to day, it's a good way to get that out. I, um, I've, if, I, if I exercise in the morning, my whole day is different. Yep. I'm usually sleeping by two in the afternoon. <laughs> but no, it really makes me feel so much better. And, yeah. it, and everything goes better. Yeah. But it's hard to do it if you dread it. That's right. So yeah. Um, so don't think, okay, I have, it doesn't have to look a certain way. I guess that's what I'm getting at. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have the clothes and the abs and the shoes and the six pack, (laughs) right? You can just, you can look like a mess and just It doesn't matter. It's about, and don't, and also don't do it with the point of trying to look a certain way. That's another thing that that we always teach is Mm -hmm. it's about how you feel. That's good. So yeah. Because then in the end it benefits either way. Yep. So even if you don't look like, you know, Matt Damon, okay, then it doesn't matter because you feel like 
Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Right? Those were not the two that I would have chosen, but that's, yeah, that's that was my awesome. <laughs> that's how my little mind works. Okay. What's no. the third? What's the or what's the last one? So there's another one that I love, and this is just um, because I just love it so much, but it's music. Oh, and yeah. And you're probably going, no, what I the love heck music. does that have to do with anything? I have 11 gig of music <laughs> on my iPhone. I love music so much, Matt. I cannot even tell you. But the power of music is huge. Mm-hmm. So that's actually another thing that I do when I'm starting off my day is I – We'll put on um, certain music like, to help like, give, set me. Give me a song. A song? Yeah, give well, me, just give me some kind of music you put on. Like what would you I, play? My favorite that I listen to is contemporary Christian stuff. Really? So I love like Matthew West. Like and, Jesus Take the Wheel. Uh, that's Carrie Underwood, right? Yeah, but isn't that like kind of kind of kind of? But it's like a whole its own genre. I'm so it's just like really inspirational, uplifting mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. but it's like not so. Um, religion, like yeah, yeah. churchy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but it feels so, good. It motivates yeah, you. Yeah, totally wish, positive yeah. and I love uplifting. That. So, uh, show tunes. That's what I put on in the morning. Do you? I really do. Which ones? All of them. What's I just your play. Favorite? I'm on Pandora and I just put show tunes yeah. and I sing along. Yeah. And my kids sing along. Let's hear a little ditty. Nah, no. It's because it's either show tunes or Queen. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, Queen is a lot of people see that as like very spiritual. But music is so powerful. So you can use it to help you lift you. Lift you or up. Or it can bring you down. I love it. Too. So. Well, Sarah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to meditate. Okay. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go get my spandex on right when we're done here. And <laughs> I'm going to use more music. That That is those are all beautiful ways to create balance. Yeah, it's awesome. And quinoa patties. Don't forget them. If you just happen to have someone bring you some. <laughs> you I mean, can make your own, you know. Yeah, right. Just get the cookbook. <laughs> That's right. Get the cookbook. <laughs> By the way, the cookbook is so easily accessible at the Happy Gal. Oh, it is. Dot yeah, com. if you want one. And then right our there. revised edition is about to come out, too. So you, so. Might wanna, you don't want to wait, but I'd get both. They're both I'd get, awesome. I'd get the unrevised and the revised. Mm-hmm. Sarah Gallon, you're the best. Give Joe a hug for me. Okay, I will. And your four daughters. I shall. You're the best. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking about being an anchor. Up next on the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Holy cow, this show. I watched it when I was, whatever, 10, 12, Officer and a Gentleman. On TV. It, it was R. It was pretty bad, I guess. But I watched it on TV. Yeah. Lots of memories. That's the kind of music Sarah was talking about because it just recenters us. It's very good. So here's the deal. Merritt has been doing some research on how to keep our relationships strong uh, before we go to that really quickly, I want to talk about what we shouldn't do. Um, two members of our team, I won't name names, but Alyssa and Maddie, um, they just hopped across the street to the Marriott Center, which is our basketball stadium. Oh, no, it was downstairs, Matt. Tell the story right. Oh, sorry. Downstairs. Oh, it was here? Yes. Oh, and they, they went over to watch some BYU basketball players. I think what the words they said were, we want to go check out some of the BYU basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and they're trying to talk, but we didn't give them a microphone. And so um, 
anyway, I just am trying to teach him a really important lesson that we we need to see the whole person, not just their physique, not just their rock hard abs. Basketball players, girls are people too. <laughs> and quit looking at my abs, my ab. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Um, guys are people too. Okay, my lesson is done. Now let's go to Merritt, who's been doing research on how to keep when things get crazy. When things get crazy. Sometimes we need an anchor. Exactly. So I, I think of it like, you know, when your relationship is just starting and you're kind of like Twitter-pated and yes. totally up in the clouds. Yes, like the girls with the BYU players. Exactly, those tall, awesome dudes, mm-hmm. right? But when problems come along, if you're still up in the clouds, you're totally in danger of just being blown away you're and get, things just yeah. completely falling Drift. apart. Yeah. And so you need to anchor your relationship in something that will keep you focused. And so we've been talking a lot today about kind of difficult marriage situations where there are physiological problems yeah. that get in the way of you enjoying your relationship. And when that happens, you need to anchor yourself in what you really love about your partner, why you got into that relationship in the first place. Something real, something solid that's not just going to get blown away. Exactly. And I've tried to keep all of these to like really small things that aren't too overwhelming because I'm really anti-overwhelming. And for those that were listening with ADHD, that will, they will appreciate that. Exactly. Keep going. So number one is to write and commit to some weekly mission statements. Hmm. So I think about this as so you would say something, you write this up, put it somewhere you can see. For example, I accept that my relationship is having problems right now, hmm. but then say it, but I can improve it by yep. and have just some put solution. that somewhere yeah. you can see. And for the week, just focus on that. Or you could even do something smaller. Like I forgive myself for that's great the fact that I have a short temper yeah, for or, losing you my know, patience. something. Yeah. yeah. So something just really small that you can focus on for that week, put it somewhere you can Love see. It. Yeah, that's your weekly mission statement. Yeah. Other thing is to keep a gratitude list. Yeah. And I kind of hate when people tell me this sometimes because I'm like, well, I don't feel very grateful. Yeah, you know, you're just yeah. like, no, I don't. Yeah, shut your but gratitude just list down. Start small. If you're not feeling very grateful first day, just write one thing that you're grateful for. And it could be anything. It could be the fact that you had a Bryce Krispie treat or mm. that traffic didn't take as long as normal. Yeah. Next day, write two things. Just build it up slowly. And as you write it, you'll start to notice more things that you can and should be grateful about. Oh, by the way, that's neat because did you see – did you see that Maddie's writing? She's grateful for BYU basketball. (laughs) That's cute, Maddie. And I think it would be good to do this specifically about your relationship. So what are you grateful about in your partner? I'm grateful for a partner that – does this, that yeah. acts this way, that sees this way, that yeah. is willing so just, to be with me. Yeah. Try to notice those those good things. Um, number three is to seek out support, which is always good. Let those closest to you know what's going on. And that, that doesn't mean you have to tell yeah. everybody, but just let them – because sometimes – you know, I you see somebody struggling or they're kind of off and you don't really know why. And then they finally tell you that there's this problem and you're like, I could have been helping you. I could yeah. have been there for you. Not that I could have solved it, but – you could have at least been a positive voice, somebody who would say everything's going to be okay, Love which is it. such a good thing. Huge. So tell those closest to you so that they can help you. Um, choose one problem and find out something you can do to fix it. So this is kind of similar to yeah. that first one, but just find one thing. Yeah, don't you can do, do to 20 because 20 you'll never do. Exactly. One. So um, for me, I get stressed out. It's the beginning of semester, right? And so my one thing that I've been working on is sleeping better. And so the one thing that I've been working on is going to bed at the same time every night. What what time is that? Just, 11 o'clock, oh, which is great. actually pretty early, Yeah, but I need my sleep. 
Well, anyway. That's great though. Yeah. So is it I working? do what I can. Yeah. And it's kind of awesome because you start getting more effective. You use your time mm-hmm. better because I'm like, oh, well, I have to be in bed by 11 o'clock so I can't goof off. Yeah. I need to get working. But you can do the same thing in a relationship. Just choose the one thing. Maybe it could be I need to say something nice mm-hmm. to my partner today. I need to say something, be, compliment them. It's great. Thank them for something that they do. And then make sure you see it and be grateful for it. So in the day, I could be grateful that I got – I went to bed on time. Exactly. And now I'm starting to do it all. There you go. Cool. What else? Um, Number five is to remember why you got into that relationship in the first place. And so I would suggest for this to pull out some old pictures, Mm -hmm. some old emails or letters or anything that will remind you of kind of that first really romantic kind of love. And just just sit there for a while and look at it. Remember kind of the fun things that you've done when you've had a lot of good times together. And reminiscing will make you feel better about life, you know? And by the way, that chemistry from then can be borrowed today. Yeah. It'll catch on. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Number six is to remind yourself why you love yourself. Because I think when you're having all these problems, you start to kind of feel like a failure. Mm Because you're like, why can't I pull all this together? You know, I'm a smart person. I should be able to fix this. But take some time and just write down some things. Why do you love you? What What are some cool things about yourself? You know, it could be just I like that I think about some things Mm -hmm. in different ways. I like that I always notice when this happens. You know, lots of just small little things that will remind you how cool you are and give you strength to move forward. Totally. And the last one is to – this is um, – I loved this phrase. I found it on the website, theurbandater.com. They said, switch passion into compassion. Huh. So all of that fire and things that were – you know, that really built your relationship in the first place, turn it into compassion and try to figure out how can you, you know, understand where your partner is coming from. How can you be yeah, more empathetic cool. and more understanding? Arrows out. Put your arrows out. Yep. Put Serve your others. Out. Love yeah. others. Those are good anchors. Thank you. That's some good research. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did you all notice that? I hope you're all learning. Merritt was working on anchors while you were working on BYU basketball players. (sighs) I hope we're learning. That's quiet time right there. We're, gonna, we're out of here, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Remember, the goal of the show is to help you see the good in the world. And there's good in BYU basketball players. There's also great stuff in the person you've already married. Let's anchor our lives to those that we already love. Here's a great quote on the way out. A moment of patience in a moment of anger prevents a thousand moments of regret. Great stuff. Folks, tomorrow, more of the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to have a best of show tomorrow. And again, we're back here every uh, at 5 o'clock, Monday through Friday right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Take care.